In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is May 7th and Atlanta United defeated Chicago 4-1 here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium thanks to a hat trick from Ronaldo Cisneros and a late goal by Brooks Lennon. The victory did not come without a price because Miles Robinson left the game in the first half with what appears to be an Achilles tendon injury. He would be the third different Atlanta United player to suffer such an injury this season. And then another injury to Caleb Wiley, who came on as a second-half sub and had to leave about after 11 minutes after he uh, suffered a twisted ankle, and I think he got kicked in the foot, too, according to Pineda. Um, Cisneros' hat trick uh, all came in the first half. In the second minute, the 27th minute, and the 36th minute, Lennon's goal came in the 91st minute. Chicago did tie the game in the 11th minute with a goal after a, 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 not a, after a set piece, but it wasn't the fault of the set piece. Um, but we're not going to focus too much on that because the team played really, really well tonight. And y'all have sent me a ton of questions. Let's go through some of the stats really quick. But first, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Atlanta United dominated possession 61.2%. Expected goals, they won 1.86 to 1.30. 16 shots for Atlanta United to 14 for Chicago. Seven on target to two for Chicago. Passing accuracy, 90.4% to 83.4%. Atlanta United only had 12 crosses, and the individual leaders were obviously Cisneros with the second fastest hat trick in Atlanta United history. He's the third Atlanta United player to have a hat trick, joining Joseph Martinez, who had the fastest hat trick in Atlanta United history. You'll have to read my story to find out against who that came. And Miguel Almiron, who also had a hat trick. Ronaldo Cisneros led in shots with four, shots on target with four, Luis Arujo and chances created with four, Alan Franco in completed passes with 101, Brooks Lynn with eight attempted crosses. Alan Franco, who I thought had a great game. Ten recoveries. Franco Abara with four dribbles completed. Abara also had a very, very good game. He and Huzetu had a, their second consecutive very, very good game. Last week they shut down, for the most part, Jordi Mihalovic. This week they shut down, for the most part, Jordan Shakiri. It's two very good players. Alan Franco led in touches with 118. Then you go down and you look at the um, – the chances created and Atlanta United had 13 chances created. Louise Arhujo, I said, led with four, Brooks Lennon with three. So we're able to talk to a few of the players and manager after the game. Here is what Gonzalo Pineda said about the turf and the injuries. Miles Robinson uh, doesn't look good, but again, we have to wait for the test and the MRIs and just to see. Uh, if uh, if we can confirm something on that end. Caleb Wiley, he twisted the ankle when they went in a tackle on him. I didn't see the replay, but he says they kick him in that play and, and he rolled the ankle. 
Uh, I normally I hate to to do double sub on the same player like he comes in and then come out. So I apologize to Caleb, but it was painful to see him just limping on the field, and I think it can cost the team. So I normally don't do that, but uh, it was uh, for a reason. Uh, and then on the turf, no, I'm not an expert. I don't know uh, if the turf can cause injuries or not. I'm not the expert. Maybe you have to to ask some experts on that regard. So then we followed up, or I followed up, if if he had any concerns about the sports science staff, because the team has lost three, four players now if Robinson is out for the season. With season-ending injuries, there have been lots of other little soft tissue issues, and here's what Pineda had to say. No, we have a very good sports science. We measure everything. We reflect on everything we do. I think they do a very, very good job. Their standard is very high. And uh, obviously we will check again, but I don't think there's anything particularly different to what we're doing uh, compared to last year or even in years before. It's been very similar. So obviously we're going to check for anything, but I don't think it's the case. It, it Really, I feel bad for Robinson because if he's out for the season, he's going to lose a spot to play for the U.S. in the World Cup, which would be a showcase for him to go to Europe uh, if that's what he wants. Um, so it's just, it's just awful news for him. So then continuing, Pineda was asked uh, if he'd ever seen any injury situation like this before. Well, I've never seen something this bad, I would say, in terms of injuries. I have had some years, whether I was a player or as a coach, in Seattle where we had a couple long-term injuries as well, but nothing like this, uh, especially not in the first 10 games uh, of the season. Obviously, we have checked everything since Brad's injury, since Ossie's injury. Uh, we check for everything, uh, even Dylan's uh, Achilles. Uh, so uh, we've been checking for anything, everything. We haven't found anything different, so we always check and compare day by day. That's our routine, but also they, they went for a little bit longer time and they check for everything, uh, and there's nothing there. So, I mean... At times you, you're just bad luck and, and we have just to, um, you know, try to find a solution. But at the same time, I think it's a bit of bad luck. So turning to some of the positives, I thought that the offense looked really, really good tonight. Obviously, they scored four goals. Um, but in terms of just moving the ball, you didn't see a lot of players trying to, to beat uh, defenders with the dribble. You saw a lot of passing and moving. Pineda disagreed with my statement that I thought they were moving the ball a lot better. Uh, and here's his sound. Uh, I think the game manifested like that, but I don't think there was a lot of dribbling in the last few games. I think it was more the lack of clinical, uh, you know, precision in the in the finishing, because I think there have been games like Cincinnati. We create way more chances on goal, uh, similar this one to other games in terms of expected goals, possession, final third entries, through balls, crosses, chances, shots, like. The stats says it was a very similar games to the last few. It's just today we had the fortune to score the goals and to be clinical. Uh, but I don't think there was anything particularly different to what we try every weekend. No, there wasn't anything different to what they tried, but I do think they executed it a lot better. Um, I'm not the manager. I don't have to make those decisions. But I think most of you would probably agree watching the game and based upon your comments in my email, you do agree that the team looked a lot better today than it has in the past. And lastly, of course, we need to talk about the Cisneros hat trick. Here's Pineda discussing that. 
his his willingness to run in behind his uh, timing uh, i think i said this the other day to some of my coaching staff uh, assistants uh, he he b besides the goal he scored in miami he didn't have any clear chance he had a few half chances here and there but nothing as clear as today and i think today he was just clinical it's the first time he has clean clean uh, clear chances and he scored so i think what happened is today we were able to find him a little bit better uh, in better situations, in better areas, like the through balls, the, the balls in behind, and his willingness to always be running behind, chasing behind. I think that helps him just to be in those situations, and today he showed that he can certainly score many goals. So now you're going to hear uh, an interview with Brooks Lennon we did in the locker room. He was kind enough to stop and talk to us for a few minutes. At some point, does the team just feel kind of cursed with injuries right now? Um, yeah, I mean, it's really, really unfortunate to see Miles go down. Um, yeah, really sad. He's one of my best friends and um, kind of just heartbreaking. You know, in the first half, it really shook us as a team. Um, and it took us, you know, 15, 20 minutes to kind of regroup. I, I don't know if you could tell when he went down. Um, you know, we were, we, we, we were losing possession of the ball. I think we were all, you know, kind of stunned. So... You know, we're praying for him, and um, we wish him a speedy recovery. But, um, yeah, it's just another blow to the team, which is, uh, you know, not, not great for us. But like we said, you know, and like we've said all along, we've got guys that are going to need to step up. And I thought Al came in um, and, and played really well. Do you think it was a sign of maturation or, or, or something that you were able to find yourself again and, and see the game off? Yeah, I think once we came in for halftime and Gonzalo kind of addressed the situation, um, and said, you know, look, this is four miles. We've got to play four miles. Um, and for all the, all, the, all the other guys that have gone down, you know, this is kind of a pride thing now uh, to push forward and score goals for them. So uh, we're really happy that we did that. We scored four tonight, which we've, we've struggled, you know, to, to, to put the ball in the back of the net. And, you know, to, to, to score four goals in one game in, in MLS is not easy. So um, good result overall. And, um, you know, we move on to, to Wednesday and, and the Open Cup. Was there anything different offensively that did, to me it looked like they were moving the ball quicker, <clears throat> their sharper runs, more decisive runs than maybe in a couple of the previous games? Yeah, and I also think you know I think the ball bounced our way a couple of times today, which in, in other games I don't think it did. Um, you know, Ronaldo had a, a easy tap in. I think it was for his second second goal, maybe uh, second or third goal. I forget which yeah. one. He had he had a just nice tap in, and that's. That's that's soccer. Sometimes it's just the ball's gonna either fall, you know, for you or against you. And I think recently um, it's been falling against us. And I'm glad that tonight it, it fell for us. And just this scenario, his three goals, uh, kind of the striker that the team has been looking for for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we we've really been looking for for strikers. We've got so much talent in inside this. You know, inside this locker room with with Joseph, uh, obviously he's not available right now. But um, you know, Ronaldo stepped in and, and made a name for himself. And you know, to score three goals in, in the first half is um, really good. So we're we're proud of him and uh, happy happy for him that that he was able to get his first hat trick in, in MLS. And hopefully he can continue to put the ball in the back of the net for us. All right, that was Brooks Lennon. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. I'm going to come back with your questions for the mailbag. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. 
It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. All right. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners of this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we're also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Let's go to your questions. We have many, many, many questions. So I want to thank you all for that. First, from Nick, he says he's sorry for whatever I'm going through in my personal life. He says a lot of people love and follow my work covering the team, and the 17s are here for me and appreciate me. Thank you, Nick. That means a lot to me. Uh, at some point down the road, I'll. some people know what's going on, but I'll share it with you all. Um, but his first question for the pod is, how sustainable was tonight's performance on a scale of 1 to 10? I hope we get performances like this on Wednesday, which is when Atlanta United will play at Nashville on the U.S. Open Cup, and next weekend. Also, who would you give the armband to for the next few matches? Thank you, and as always, best wishes. Sincerely, Nick, friend of the podcast and in general. I think it's very sustainable. Uh, I, I think it's what the team has been trying to do. They haven't been able to do it. I think some of that has to do with the fact that they just haven't had the same players on the field because of injuries, and that's going to happen again on Wednesday, and it's going to happen again next week more than likely. But you saw that when the guys were able to play together, Arahujo and Moreno, who I thought had a great game, uh, and Almada and Cisneros, they're starting to develop a little bit of a chemistry. That can keep going as long as they can continue to play together. So on a scale of 1 to 10, I'll say it's going to like a 7 or an 8 because you don't know what the opponent's going to do. You don't know what their formation is. You don't know what their tactics are going to be. But I think it is possible. Uh, as for the armband, I would give it to probably Lennon. Uh, I've said that before. Um, I think he's a vocal guy. I think he would be a good captain, um, but we'll have to see what Pineda wants to do. He said they didn't really have a backup for Robinson because he never comes out of games and he's always healthy. Uh, so there you go. Adam says, after seeing Guzan and Miles' injuries, are the players feeling anxious about the turf? I never thought that before, but Abara was asked if he, you know, is worried about injuries, seeing all, everything that's happened this season. And he said, no, players never think about injuries. I asked Pineda if he was worried about the turf. He said he's not a turf expert. I need to ask someone about that. I would have to think that players don't really worry about the turf, especially now the science behind the turf. They wouldn't sign here. They wouldn't come here if they were worried about the turf. Arthur Blank wouldn't spend all this money on this stadium and this turf if he thought it was going to injure his most valuable assets, which are the players for the Falcons and Atlanta United. Um, does Miles' injury change the transfer goals for the summer? Does it mean he's likely missing out on a move to Europe next winter? Uh, I don't know if it changes the goals. It might. We need to talk to Eels and Bocanegra, and they have not been available other than to their radio partners so far, I think, this season. Um, does it mean he's likely missing out on a move to Europe next winter? It depends on if he can come back and look like the old Miles. These injuries can take a year to recover from. That's another reason I just hate it for him. The movement among the attacking players was much improved today, but it looks like Arahujo is still having some communication issues with Lennon and others. Did it look to you like he was reading runs differently than his teammates, more so than others, or was that just me? I think that was just you, Adam. I thought Arahujo had a good game. 
Uh, I thought he had a fantastic game on defense. He was tracking back. He was playing well. He's going to build chemistry and consistency with his teammates. It just needs more time. That's what it comes down to. Derek, uh, I think Derek is a new person on the podcast, said, what did I think about Abara's play tonight? I thought Abara played fantastically well. Cisneros' second goal was a direct result of Abara dispossessing Shakiri and getting the ball to a teammate. I thought he and Rosetto have a very, very good understanding. He talked a little bit about that today. He said he tells Rosetto, just take the ball and go and make stuff happen, and he'll mark the other team's best player, which was an interesting answer. He's a, he's a, he's a fun interview. I like him. Uh, Matt says, how many serious non-contact injuries can the squad take before the club has to concede? It's not just bad luck, and something else has to be the cause, either conditioning-wise or pitch-wise. We asked Pineda about that. He said, after the Alonzo and Guzan injuries, they did a total self-examination. There is nothing there. There's nothing more they can do. It's just bad luck. And I guess I have to agree with him. It's just weird. Um, Alan says, with Miles Robinson going down, I'm more concerned about the return of George Campbell. I, th- I didn't see Campbell in training this week. Uh, we'll have to see if he comes out on Monday. That's the next availability. Uh, Alex DeJohn, I thought, had a great game. Uh, Brooks Lennon talked about what a good game he had. Pineda talked about what a good game he had. I thought he had a good partnership with Franco, who also had a really good game. Um, Machop Chal is supposed to come back in the next week or so. Rob says, with Miles going down with what looks like another season-ending Achilles injury and Wiling coming off grabbing his Achilles. His is not an Achilles. His was an ankle. Um, that can't be freak chance. It is freak chance, man. It, it's just, it's bizarre. Guzan's and Robinson's happen here. Castaneras happen on grass. It's just, I don't know. It's just weird. And there has been an investigation. Pineda talked about it. Ben says, I hope you're enjoying some coffee. Well, not at 941 in, in the PM. I was impressed with Pineda's game plan and the team's overall performance. How can the team build on this performance? Is it fair to start questioning the training staff? The injuries are mounting, and the roster rules from this point forward are not friendly. We cannot replace Robinson this season if he is out long-term. I'm looking forward to spending next week's match at the Benz. Hopefully the team can build on this performance. Oh, Ben's coming down from Philadelphia. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think I've covered all this. I think it's just bad luck, guys. It's not the answer y'all want to hear, but it's bad luck. Cheryl says, keep up the great work and look forward in your journey called life. Thank you, and I'm trying. I'm sorry you're going through difficult times. My question is, who chooses the goalkeeper kit? Shutterworth was difficult to spot with the mint green kits. I don't recall Brad ever wearing a gray kit. He has worn a gray kit, but you're right. It was a little bit, uh, not clashing, but camouflaging with the mint. I'm surprised that the referees didn't make him change it. I don't know who picks the kit. I guess the uniform guy decides who does that. Um, But I don't think the players really get a choice. All right, we got a few on the Twitters. Uh, that I want to get to, and then we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Will says, I'm sorry. In addition to other improvements in the attack, it looked like there was an increased focus on rebalance and capitalizing on balls bouncing around in the box. Was this a product of Chicago's defense or a more aggressive Atlanta attack? I think it was a more aggressive Atlanta attack. Brooks London also said they got lucky sometimes. The ball actually bounced to them, and that has not been happening in the previous four games during that winless streak. But I think they were trying to be more aggressive as well. Kubo says, would the team look at bringing back Kubo Torres? Uh, although we scored multiple goals tonight, it seems like his high work rate would suit this team's new attacking flair. I don't think so. Um, I think Cisneros is going to be the striker from now on, especially if they can extend the loan uh, that there is with Chivas. He's played really well. He, he just hasn't gotten a lot of clear chances. He got the one against Miami. He got a second, I think, against D.C., 
but he couldn't put it in the net. And, but tonight he took advantage of it. it was it was a really good performance by him. And Melissa Jane says, is the roof broke? <laughs> no, there's a certain conditions that have to be met uh, before they'll open it. All right, that's going to wrap up this Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. Hug and communicate with your loved ones. Call your mama. It's Mother's Day. Tell her you love her. Buy her flowers. Offer to take her to lunch. And we'll see you all next week. Take care. Take care.